0: I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, clinical psychologist and brain health expert, and you're listening to the Bold Life Podcast, the podcast for working moms who are feeling stressed out and overwhelmed, trying to do it all. As a working mom with big career dreams, I know what it's like to not have enough time in the day and to lack the skills and confidence to reach your goals. I have spent years understanding how our brains work and learning what holds us back from having the courage to reach our dreams. Each week, I'll be sharing practical strategies to help you find more time in your day, build your confidence, fight back against mom guilt, and reach your goals. If you want to learn how to thrive both at home and at work, you're in the right place. Hello, and welcome to the Bold Life Podcast, where today we're talking about how to reframe self-doubt and shift our brains toward confidence. Stick around, and I'll share one phrase to watch out for, It signals your brain that you're slipping into doubt mode. But first, I want to talk to you about the power of beliefs and how they have a sneaky way of impacting our actions without us even noticing. Let's dive in. I recently read the book Educated by Tara Westwood. If you haven't read it, I would definitely encourage you to check it out. She talks about her life growing up in a survivalist family. Where she was taught things like the government was out to get her and her family and they weren't to be trusted, that formal education and medicine were conspiracies. Unfortunately, her family was very controlling because of these beliefs, and she wasn't allowed to go to school. She didn't even know the date she was born, so she picks one when she needs to apply for a birth certificate. What I found most interesting about this story is how she tells how she started to challenge some of these beliefs, which she took as true. For so long. She'd been taught to believe these things for years by her family. And when she starts to move away from what she was taught and how she sees the world as different from what she was told and what she learned, it's truly remarkable to see her experience. Throughout the book, she goes from a young girl living in her parents' house on the mountains with no schooling and believing that they need to prepare for the end of the world, that the government's bad to teaching herself math so she could get into university and moving all the way to England so she could get a PhD from Cambridge. The most interesting part for me was that after all of that growth, after she had really moved into a whole new world across the planet, she was surprised to find that when she was in university, she noticed how many of her family's beliefs she still held even though she thought she'd left them far behind, in so many situations, they were quick to pop back up. And she would have thoughts where she would be suspicious of others or view the actions of others as negatively based on the beliefs that she'd been taught in childhood. And she tells about how she spent years working past those beliefs that were really holding her back in so many areas. And my guess is she's still working on this today a great book. Definitely check it out. It's a remarkable story of changing mindset and beliefs and how the way we see the world can impact so much of our lives. Now I know you might not have been raised in a family where you never saw a doctor or went to school or you believed the end of the world was coming, but we all have beliefs that we accept as true, which might not actually be true, and even a few of them that probably aren't that helpful for us. The way we see ourselves and the world is impacted so strongly by our experiences and those experiences help shape our beliefs. One of those beliefs that develops over time is self-doubt. Self-doubt is strongly rooted in our brains. Our brains develop specific fears to keep our ancestors safe. Think about it. You only want to stick your hand in the fire once or preferably not at all before your brain develops a fear of fire, learns fire is hot, you're going to live a lot longer. If you know that fire is hot and you don't want to touch it and you're a little bit scared of it, then the guy who keeps sticking his hand in the fire, right? Our brains learn these fears and these beliefs about the world to help keep us safe. But Those fears, fear of fire, fear of scary animals, aren't the only fears that our ancestors learned. We also learned social fears to help us work together in groups. Actually, one of the reasons that we're so successful as a species is we're able to cooperate. We're able to work on teams. We're able to work together to share resources and come together to overcome obstacles. Our ancestors had to be able to work together to survive, which means they had to be liked. If you mess up, you got people pissed off at you, you might get thrown out of the cave to fend for yourself against the giant tigers. No fun, right? These fears developed to protect us. The fear of being judged, the fear of failure, the fear of not being liked, the fear of not being good enough were all fears that our brains learned to keep us safe so that others would like us and we wouldn't get kicked out of the cave. Unfortunately, these fears also created self-doubt. We second-guess ourselves, we lack confidence, and we worry what others will think of us few thousand years ago, this was really advantageous and helped us survive. But now in our modern world, this doubt, this tendency towards uncertainty, these fears can really hold us back from being our best selves, from being the most successful. On top of it, our brains are really good at rationalizing that doubt, at convincing us there's a reason for that doubt in the first place. Say you have this great idea at work and you want to bring it up in a meeting. Just as you're about to raise your hand, your brain's gonna remind you of that time in third grade you got up in front of the class to speak and everyone laughed at you because you messed up. You can probably think of 30 other times you messed up this week alone, right? A typo in an email, you said the wrong thing, you forgot your phone, whatever it is. Our brains have this knack for keeping that running loop of doubt going, of focusing on the mistakes of the times that we messed up And this keeps us stuck. Your brain wants to stay the same. Remember, our brains don't really like change. It's so much easier for us just to stay right where we are. Unfortunately, that usually means stuck in self-doubt, uncertainty, and lack of confidence. It's hard to challenge those beliefs that are keeping us stuck. That belief that we're not good enough. Or that no one's going to like us if we're ourselves. if we speak up. Or if we try something new, we're going to mess up because we always mess up. And even though those beliefs are holding us back, it's easier for our brains to stay right where they are. The risk of change for your brain is really hard. Your brain does not like change, remember? So it's easier to stay stuck in doubt. So your brain will rationalize that doubt. Say, yeah, remember this one time I did mess up? Oh yeah, that's why I can't try this new thing I wanted to do. We can catch our brains keeping us stuck in doubt, though, by paying attention to the words that we use. The phrase, yes, but, is a great example of how our words keep our brains stuck in doubt. Things like, yes, I want to lose weight, but I don't have time to go to the gym. Yes, I want to apply for that job, but I'm not ready yet. Yes, I want to tell my partner how frustrated I am, but I don't want to get them upset. When we say yes, but what we're really saying is no, because. No, I don't want to lose weight because going to the gym is hard and it's not a priority. No, I don't want to apply for that job because I don't feel confident. No, I don't want to confront my spouse because I don't want to upset them. Your brain works to keep you stuck in doubt with these mental tricks. Yes, but is a great way your brain rationalizes keeping you stuck right where you are. Yes, I want to change, but I can't. Is really your brain telling you, uh-uh, I do not want to change because of all these reasons that it's way safer for me to stay the same. Even if staying stuck where you are, isn't that great? Stuck in that job you hate, stuck in that relationship that's not working, stuck in that body that makes you feel uncomfortable. It's easier for our brains to stay right where they are. Remember, your brain is working hard to keep you stuck in self-doubt with these mental tricks and recognizing them is really the first step in change. I want you to pay attention to the words you use this week. Pay attention to the things you say and the things that you think. Whenever you catch yourself saying yes, but, I want you to stop and say that phrase again in your mind, replacing yes, but with no because yes, I want to do this thing, but here's the reasons I can't becomes, no, I don't want to do this thing because of all these reasons. And remember, it's okay if the answer is no, you don't want to do something. It's okay to say, no, this isn't a change that you're comfortable making right now. But when we let our brain say yes, but we're letting our brain make excuses. We're justifying our choices. And we're also taking some of that sense of control away, right? If I say, yes, I want to change, but here's all the obstacles and reasons I can't, it makes us feel less in control and makes us feel less confident. But if instead I say, you know, no, I don't want to do this new thing because of all of these reasons, you're taking back control. The result is the same. You still don't do the thing that you want to do, but at least when we're honest with ourselves and we say, no, I don't want to do this because of these reasons, it's more honest for your brain you're being truthful and you're taking back that control. You're not letting your brain rationalize and make excuses for why you're not changing. You're taking ownership, you're building confidence and saying, I am making a choice to not do this right now for all of these reasons. Even though you're still saying, no, I don't want to change, your brain will feel more in control. It's going to reduce your doubt and even build your confidence. So next time this situation comes up, you're going to have more confidence to maybe try next time. You've had control the first time, you've made that active choice, the choice hasn't been made by all those obstacles for you, so next time you're going to be more likely to try. Another trick when it comes to changing your beliefs, to challenging your brain's default, is that when it comes to change, where you point your brain matters. Our brains are actually pretty amazing, and one of the amazing skills that your brain has is the ability to focus. I know you're thinking, Nicole, I'm terrible at focusing. I get distracted all the time. And that's true. We're all easily distracted in some situations. But actually, it's pretty remarkable that we're not distracted more often. Let me explain what I mean. Think about where you are right now while you're listening to this. What do you notice? For me, I'm sitting in front of my computer. I'm focused on the screen. But if I shift my focus, I can see the window behind my desk, I can see the chairs and the couches in my office, I can hear my neighbor across the way who talks loudly on speakerphone all the time. If I shift my attention again, I can start to feel how my shirt feels against my skin, and now I'm noticing that my nose is itchy and I'm scratching that. As I'm talking here, did you start to shift your focus around your room? Actually, we ignore a lot of what's going on around us. When I started talking, I was just totally focused on my computer screen. Yeah, I could kind of see everything going on in the background, but I wasn't really paying much attention to it. And I'm guessing it's the same for you. You're focused on whatever you're doing right now, focused on listening to this podcast. You weren't really paying attention to all the sights, sounds, smells even that you were noticing around you it would be too much for our brains to consciously process all this information. As a result, most of what we see, hear, smell, taste even gets quickly processed by your brain and discarded as not important. This allows us to focus on what really matters, not to be annoyed by that tag that's now super bothering me on my shirt or the dude down the hall that's talking too loudly. Our brains are able to zone out or filter out that information because it's not important to us. The problem is that our brain makes these decisions about what's important really quickly, often without us even noticing. And one of our brain's unfortunate defaults is to focus on the negative, the mistakes, the bad things that happen every day. We've all been there, right? Noticed how easy it is to remember all the times that you messed up this week. I can quickly rattle off on my hands a bunch of mistakes I've made over the past few days, typos in emails, I've said the wrong thing, I stumbled when I was walking. Our brain's default is to focus on the negative. And so it does a really good job of filtering that information. It filters what your brain remembers. And this can lead us to doubt and low confidence. A little while ago, I heard the story and I really liked it. It was a story someone told of a whitewater rafting guide that they met and they were going on this whitewater rafting trip and their guide was explaining how he used to tell students when they were learning to whitewater raft to focus on the rapids and make sure they steer around them. But what he found is they always ended up going right for the rocks. So what this guide started telling students was you need to point to yourself to the clearing behind the rapids. Don't look at the rapids, don't focus on them. Focus at the calm spot beyond the rapids. And he found that his students were much more successful. I know you might not have ever gone whitewater rafting before, but this works the same way when you're riding a bike or driving a car. You might remember back to driver's training and I know this is something that I was taught and they say, don't look at the pothole. If you look at the pothole, you're going to steer right into it, right? Instead, you look down the road, beyond the pothole, and then your brain will adjust the vehicle so it goes around. We notice this even more when it comes to riding a bicycle than driving a car. If we turn our attention to maybe the friend that's next to us, or we go turn to look at something, all of a sudden our handlebars are turning and we're steering towards that thing that we saw, right? Our friend or that car that honked their horn and we're taking a tumble. Our brains work the same way when it comes to success. If I am constantly pointing my brain at the rapids, at the pothole, at the obstacle, that's where my focus goes. And your brain has this tricky habit of noticing even more mistakes, even more problems. For example, have you ever bought a new car and then noticed Everyone else on the road all of a sudden seems to be driving the same car. Or maybe you got a new hairstyle and now you notice that everyone seems to have the same hairdo as you. That's normal. There aren't actually more people that are driving that brand of car or who have that hairstyle, but our brain has shifted focus. Your brain has started to pay more attention to that vehicle that you just bought or that hairstyle. So you're gonna notice more people with the same style. It's normal, that's how our brain works. We can direct our brain's focus like this, even if we aren't aware of it. Like I said, the default for our brains is to focus on mistakes. Our brains want to be helpful. They want us to avoid making these mistakes again, right? Who wants to keep repeating their mistakes? No fun. The problem is, is when it comes to brain functioning, the more we focus on mistakes, the more likely we are to see them and even to make them. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but sometimes the harder we focus on something, the more difficult it is for your brain. Have you ever had that experience, for example, of you're trying to come up with someone's name, maybe it's the name of an actor in this movie and you just can't think about it, and then you're standing in the shower at the end of the day or you're driving home and then all of a sudden that name comes to you, right? That's actually how our brains work. When we're focusing too hard on something, it actually inhibits the surrounding neurons or cells in your brain and makes it even harder to access that piece of information. That's why when we're not thinking so hard later on, we can come up with that name. Like I said, what this means is that when our brain is really focused on being alert for mistakes, making sure that we're not saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing or messing up actually makes us more likely to make mistakes. Yuck. Am I right? Same goes for obstacles. If I'm constantly focusing on the obstacles that are coming up, all the reasons that I can't do these things, those obstacles are just going to seem more insurmountable to my brain. My brain is going to magnify them. It's going to commit all of that focus that we know is so strong to staring at those obstacles and they're going to seem unattainable that we can't get past them. What this does is it fuels self-doubt and lowers our confidence. Instead, the trick when it comes to success is pointing your mind past the rapids, past the obstacles, towards success, where you want to go, rather than the barriers that are in your path. We want to start training our brains to focus on the wins, to focus on the things we do well. Like I said, our default is to focus on the bad, to focus on the mistakes. But we can change that mental default to start focusing on our successes. And what we'll find is we'll actually start noticing more of those successes. Just like how you noticed everyone seems to be driving a red car after you bought one, when you shift your mental focus to your wins, your successes, your achievements, the good things that happen every day, you're going to start to notice more of them. And as a result, your brain's actually going to start producing more successes. You've probably noticed this in your own life before, right? When things start to go well, it kind of snowballs and you get all these positive effects. We can jumpstart this process by purposefully shifting your effort, shifting that mental focus towards success. Here's another trick to try this week. Every day at the end of the day, take five minutes to write down five things you're grateful for today. It's actually impossible for your mind to feel grateful and to feel a negative emotion at the same time. Our brain inhibits that response. It actually can't feel those two things at the same time. Gratitude pulls your brain's focus away from doubt and uncertainty, away from the negative thoughts, from focusing on the bad. Shift that focus to what you're grateful for every day. And they don't have to be huge things. Sometimes my list is something like that delicious cup of coffee that I got. Or maybe I got a project in on time. Or maybe at the end of the day when I get to spend that 10 minutes reading a book to my daughter before bed. These small moments of gratitude will shift your brain away from doubt, from that tendency to be really hard on yourself and focus on the mistakes, and will shift it towards positivity and success. Remember, you want to start training your brain towards focusing on the positive, the wins. When we start to focus on things we're grateful for day to day, You're going to find you notice more things you're grateful for. You're going to notice more of those good things. You'll notice less the bad things. This takes work. You're training your brain for a new habit. So it might be hard at first to come up with those five good things every day, but stick with it. Remember, you're going to unlearn this mental habit of focusing on the negative. You're going to start pointing your brain in the direction that you want to go, which is towards more positive experiences, more confidence in yourself, and towards those goals you want to achieve. If you want more actionable strategies to overcome self-doubt, check out my free five-day confidence bootcamp. Each day, you'll get a video lesson from me and a worksheet with a specific technique to start pushing back against doubt. Head on over to drnicolebyers.com forward slash bootcamp to sign up. Okay, let's wrap it up. Today, we learned that we all have beliefs about ourselves and the world. Often, we don't even notice these beliefs are there, And it can take something pretty big to start challenging those beliefs. Self-doubt comes from those beliefs. It's a mental habit that we accept without question so often. Start noticing when your brain is slipping into that pattern of doubt. When you're trying to rationalize or justify that doubt to yourself to keep you stuck. That's the first step in challenging your beliefs. Noticing when they're sneaking up on you. We also learned that when it comes to success, where you point your brain matters. Are you pointing your brain at the obstacles or at the finish line? You can train your brain to focus on the finish line or where you want to go. It just takes practice. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, and this is the Bold Life Podcast.